I V M. Hello and welcome to Simplified. Today we have a short panel and a short episode in reaction to shocking news of big upheavals happening in the big tech leadership world. Isn't that so, Shriket? Yes. Please take a news first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are more in the sir part of the Zuck phase. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah, we are uh, currently following and tracking some really big breaking news in the tech space, and that news is Chuck. Sheryl Sandberg has quit Meta, or as <gasps> it formerly was known, Facebook. So we thought we'd just do a little simplified episode on Sandberg. Both of us have been like reading the mm-hmm. usual tributes and everything that have been pouring in, and I thought it would be an interesting short episode to do. Where I don't know, just I don't even want to say pay tribute to, but more like put her career and legacy somewhat in context. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much what this episode is going to be. Again, it's a short one because Narayan's in the US. He couldn't join us for this one. And Tony, unfortunately, is out with the bug. So everyone, please go wish him a happy, speedy, quick recovery. So let's get on with it. Sheryl Sandberg used to be, or still is at the time of this recording, the chief operating officer of one of the largest companies in the world, a company that she helped turn into one of the largest companies in the world. It like really must be said, Facebook would not be what it is today if it weren't for Sandberg at the helm. So at Facebook, what she really did was she found a way for the company to make money. Let me just state it that that way, right? Yeah. If you were to simply sum up what did Cheryl Sandberg do and what a contribution to Facebook was, she figured out how to make the company money. The st- story goes that she, uh, apparently when she met Zuckerberg for the first time, she was 36 or something and Zuckerberg was 23 when uh, Sandberg was hired. Yeah. She said that here were a bunch of kids who just wanted to make a nice site. That's really about it. And many times the phrase that has been used to describe Sheryl Sandberg, especially with respect to Facebook founders, young male uh, testosterone few and Red Bull fueled <laughs> owners, is that she was the adult in the room. And it definitely yeah. seems that way. When you see the history of Facebook, sure, maybe all the creative direction, I might even say genius, came from Zuckerberg and the product team. But, but it was a, its initiation was a very frat boy kind of... Uh, yeah, I mean, which it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there is this documented more than enough. Well, but, yeah. So, yeah, Sandberg was really the person who found out how to make money, right? She was the one who sat down Zuckerberg and said, hey, listen, we'll need to run advertising on this thing. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere. And then from there, what seemed to be genius in 2010... Of course, now very nefarious 2016 onwards, how time, how time changes things, is a way to convert user data into things, into data points that could be monetized and sold to advertisers. Seemed very novel again, as early as 2010. Again, it's not so long back that we're talking about this. But the G, I think Sandberg's achievement comes at two levels, right? One, she figured out what was to be done. And two, and I think this is more important and underrated, is she figured out how to do it at scale. And this is something that she had done previously as well. When she was at uh, Google, not too many people talk about this right now, but she was really the person who 
turned a good idea, which was AdWords, and converted into something that could happen at scale. She set up an entire process and system and the teams where any advertiser could come and not need to speak to a Google representative or a sales individual or something like that and be able to service themselves. Hence, turning Google into the behemoth that it is today, at least from a financial point of view. So in some sense, you could say that this woman was instrumental in making both Google and Facebook Alphabet and Meta, the tech giants that they are today, because once they had that money coming in from advertising, they could pretty much do a lot of things. And I think that will be the more positive legacy that Sheryl Sandberg leaves behind. I mean, to use a different analogy, and I was recently watching like the movie The Founder, which was more about that uh, the the McDonald's story, how it kind of came about, and it was effectively transforming. If you were to take a restaurant analogy from a family restaurant to a fast food chain. Right, mm. which is a self-serve fast food, rapid service and like massive scales and volumes and yeah. low profit margins, but high volumes kind of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this is a like point I want to talk about a little later. Actually, I kept it as one of the concluding points. So we will actually yeah. talk about it over there, which is the sure. whole thing about getting like an idea is one thing, but getting it to scale and being a successful scale. business yeah. is a completely, yeah, completely different thing. So Sandbook has actually had quite a storied career. and you And when you look through her like profile you can't help but i mean you will notice that she came from a lot of privilege and obviously wrote that way but i mean for what it's worth she's done a great job of i mean you play the cards that are dealt to you right and she played them very very well Uh, she two degrees from harvard she started off with mckinsey she worked for larry summers who used to be the secretary of the treasury under bill clinton uh, just imagine that's being so top of a class that she was handpicked by Larry Summers. So that she then yeah. the story goes that she was enamored by Google, and she just went to Eric Schmidt, Eric Schmidt, and said, "I love Google. I'd love to work over there," or something to that effect. And this was long before you know Google was the cultural phenomenon that yeah. is today. We are talking about really, really long back, like early two thousands, I guess. Yeah. And Eric Schmidt said, "Yeah, sure, just come along, and you." can be the business unit head. And the funny thing is Google didn't even have a business unit for her to be a head of. She was just, yeah, go. Yeah. Was pretty much what it was. And yeah, just take it and go. Yeah, take it and go. And what she did take was the concept of AdSense or and AdWords. And then she converted that into big business. We're not getting, going to get too deep into what those things are outside mm. scope of this particular episode. And she grew her team from four people to 4,000. And obviously the advertiser revenue, et cetera, went up many, many percentages, many zeros were involved in the making of that. Yeah. And she was courted by Zuckerberg to join uh, Facebook over many, many weeks and finally joined. And so here's the Sandberg legacy, right? If you read a lot of articles right now about Sheryl Sandberg after she left uh, Meta, you see that a lot of them are titled like this. So the conflicted legacy of Sandberg and how will we remember her and all. The thing is, till 2016, she was untouchable, right? She had... After the successful stint at Google, she turned Facebook into a similar money-making behemoth. But apart from this, also I have the numbers also over here. In uh, 2009, Facebook made a total of $777 million through advertising. Huge at that time. Oof. In 2019, $117 billion. So, yeah, that. Yeah, that. Um, And there were also a lot of stories of Sandberg in the media. There used to be this famous thing that Facebook would always have 
constructive disagreements between their top uh, number one and number two, which was Zuckerberg and Sandberg. They wouldn't see eye to eye on a, on a lot of things, but yeah. that was portrayed as oh, look how open our culture is, where even our management are disagreeing and they're all getting along and all that. It used to be a thing in Silicon Valley where investors would ask founders to find their Sandberg. This used to be a yeah. thing in the valley. Like, okay, you got a great idea, yeah. but now to turn it into a business, you need to business, find. You need to find your sandberg. Yeah, you need to find your sandberg. And apart from this, let's not forget that she wrote. I mean, don't know whether it's uh, how history will treat it, but she wrote one of the most influential books of the last decade, which is called Lean In, and it, in a nutshell, really about women finding their voice and space in the workspace. A lot of practical advice to say that it is a. I mean, there are a few books that you can look at in the past couple of decades that has have the kind of cultural impact that Lenin has. Like Lenin has its own meetups, for example, in various cities that have been yeah. started by fans and uh, and recruiters have spoken about the lean in effect as well. And of course, there are downsides as well. This, I mean, there are people who say that it's very hyped and there's nothing really new in there and it's just her marketing and all that. And in 2013 or 14, she lost her husband who she was very, very close to. I forget his name, but he used to work. He, I think he was one of the CXOs at SurveyMonkey. And that was a huge blow. Now, when you look at all of that together, again, not taking away from that tragedy, but mm. all of that put together, how she bounced back from it, went back to her role, wrote, I mean, the book was happening at that point of time. So, it all just had, I mean, Sandberg had this insane aura around her, right? Yeah. Well, uh, she was the adult in the room. She transformed this business. I mean, it's pretty much untouchable. Scott Galloway yeah. said that if she had quit in 2016, she would be one of the Democratic nominations for the next elections. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she had everything going for her. Successful yeah. woman, leader, everything. And then everything changed from 2016 onwards. And it's kind of like not her fault, but because it was the fault of the company that she was running. So a lot of the blame came to her. And if we start just listing out the number of problems that Facebook had since 2016 onwards, yeah, this is going to be a very, very long episode. No. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, to start US presidential elections, Cambridge Analytica, January 6th, Myanmar genocide, Sri Lanka genocide. I mean, yeah, just and, so and, just, and, and all of this right after she lost her husband, Dave Goldberg, who was also yeah. CEO of SurveyMonkey, by the way. So, yeah, CEO, yeah, uh, correct. CEO, CEO of SurveyMonkey, Survey yeah. 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 So yeah. So, so all of that after that. Yeah. Go yeah. On. All of that after that, and for and just to add some spice to this, uh, the day it broke out that she was trying to suppress a story about a ex boyfriend yeah. or something that came out of the Daily Mail. So it's just suddenly the, the character suddenly changed from 2016 onwards, right? And the change, I mean, yeah, one her personal brand took a huge blow, which was parallel, I guess you could say, to the fortunes of the company, right? Like on the way yeah. up. Everything looks rosy on the way down. A brand took, but you'll also notice that there were some shifts that happened inside the company itself. It's almost like from 2016 onwards, parts of her kingdom were kind of taken away from her, right? Like Sandberg was at her peak in 2016. And after that, a lot of the things. Now, we don't know whether this was voluntarily given up or whether Zuck wanted to put a little more control, but like small, small parts of her kingdom were taken away from her, given to other member, other CXOs. Nick Clegg was brought in to look after whatever that corporate affairs and uh, mm. public relations or whatever, which used to be her. And I remember reading this somewhere in one of the recent reviews uh, that was uh, written about her is that uh, at the end of it, somebody with such a storied career and 
transfer and had such a transformative effect she was left with a remarkably unremarkable role which was telling smes about facebook and how it can help them or some equal and something like that yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really that's really that's what sandberg has been reduced to so some people say that sandberg leaving was just you know frustration over parts of her fiefdom being taken away from her and uh, some say okay she just want she had enough of uh, having her brand tarnished because of a man child running the entire corporation or whatever it is but we never know and, and um, the and rift then, between zuckerberg and yeah. sandberg also just seemed to increase yeah sorry sir yeah and 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 then you talk about the entire using company resources for the wedding kind of scandal that yeah, was also yeah, yeah, additionally that, yeah. broken about and i was reading about just that part cuz again i'm not as familiar with uh, sheryl sandberg's work i mean i've been only recently following her as much but uh, this particular aspect and i was talking to a friend about this as well and like irrespective of what i mean the stuff that's going on with her life and all that stuff the question that you're asking is what motivates a person who i mean there is no way i mean she's probably has she, she probably has enough enough finances for to finance like the gdp of a small country i guess yeah, she's but a uh, like yeah. yeah yeah so herself is like at that level but what drives someone to use that particular thing and and we kind of like isolated there were two reasons one is that one is when you're at that level and when you're functioning at that level right you have so much of your life like everyday running of your yeah. life delegated to so many different places you are an organization unto yourself yeah, right yeah. so you genuinely don't have an eye on all the major like what you would think like okay planning your own wedding seems like a very personal thing for most lay people right it's like ha huh, what i will do but here is something like she may not even have had any idea of what's going on with that entire yeah. process so everything could have been out of her hands but the second angle which i found was the more interesting one was when you and if you were to take it at face value that she did willingly do it right it's not so much that oh i can use the company resources it's more about the aspect of and it also draws back to that earlier daily mail incident right mm-hmm. when you're working at that level there is a certain level of professional arrogance right the professional arrogance that actually drives you to feel that you know what the lines between my personal life and my professional life blur so much that on a personal level i'm expected to behave this way on a professional level i am this demigod right mm-hmm. and so that that entire aura and if you have to accomplish something if i just step into my professional aura this thing will be done in a cinch versus in my personal life i'll have to put a lot of struggle into it it's the same it's the same angle between like the guy who may be a ceo of a company doesn't get a buy come to their home that day has to wash the dishes <laughs> in his uh, sink as yeah. well right yeah. so the point is but you are a demigod at one level and so that disjunct sometimes causes you to like use your power in ways which actually can become problematic later and all yeah. of these aspects that you highlighted before all of that playing on her mind with the company going the way it has and her steady decline from where she was prominence. in her status prominence yeah. to this particular state all of that combined into this particular thing is like the ultimate coup de gras you know of yeah. like this of this entire saga to conclude like it's the classic story of like if you don't die as a hero you can live long enough to see yourself become a villain yeah yeah and probably just wanted to show her out before she is completely labeled that way you'll also notice yeah. over the last few years right zuckerberg has just been a lot more public facing now that could be yeah. that could just be a direct consequence of the fact that so much shit has happened that has needed him to come to congress and show his face so much more but 
I genuinely don't remember seeing Sandberg anywhere, right? Before it used to be yeah. the two of them together. Then Always. Zuckerberg had more face. I read this beautiful article. I think it was on the Washington Post. It's called uh, Mark Zuckerberg Finally Learns Politics. And yeah. how he's gone through all this. How he's now starting to learn. After 2016, how he started hanging out with both conservative and democratic leaders, how he started understanding what lobbying is, how he had training, you know, all those kind of things. Zuckerberg got political. He realized like running this company is not just about knowing code and delegating. I need to be the face myself. And then other things also, right? So it's been long documented that Sandberg increasingly had fewer people reporting in to her. Now, I don't know whether this was her doing or whether, again, the larger, you know, taking kingdom away thing. And also then there's a thing about the metaverse. Like I I was actually quite surprised. I mean, and I've been following the metaverse news quite closely right? just to see, okay, where is this thing going and what exactly is Facebook doing? I haven't heard Sandberg speak about it at all, which almost yeah. makes me think that this could have been the tipping point. Like, okay, it's very clear that you want to go in this direction. I don't believe in that kind of vision. I want out. That could be very well be the tipping point for her to leave. Is what or I think. It may, very well, it may also very well have been like, that is the, I mean, you know, like it happens often, I mean, on a much smaller level in a company where uh, when you're on your notice period, right, you're handling all the older jobs and the newer jobs you're kind of kept out of the loop of, right? No, but here's the thing, Zuckerberg, sure, he might be a sociopath and whatever, but he's not an idiot. And if mm. there's one person who could figure out how to monetize this thing called the metaverse, right. I think it would be Sandberg. I think she'd have a great idea of, okay, here are the assets, here's what it means to people, etc. Here are the data points that we can sell to advertisers, here are the assets that we can create, yada, yada, all that. And just like we need a break from social media once in a while, we need a break here on Simplified as well. So let's take a quick little break. See you on the other side. And now back to our look at Sheryl Sandberg's career. I think uh, Cred should look at hiring Sheryl Sandberg as you have to finally figure out how they can make money. But, no, but that's what I get. And like with that whole thing about Zuckerberg kind of trying to come into his own as like the guy who can do both the jobs in yeah, his own this yeah. thing is where he must have like with this pivot. It's almost like his this thing that now, okay, the first version was something that Sheryl Sandberg monetized and made wherever it go. It yeah, went. yeah. But the second half is my is my baby. This yeah. is my uh this it's is going mine. to be my yeah, this is mine. And so entirely this is a project that I mean, I'm sure this decision or some parts of this decision were already in the works for quite a while. And mm. uh, and so for that happening in the way that it has. Uh, I think it may have already, uh, I mean, that that may have factored into his thinking as well. I, I feel that yeah. might have been our Very likely. Our yeah, I mean, program. I'm sure there'll be lots speculated about this uh, over the next few months. So when you look at Sandberg's career now, right? Like, so there was this period till 2016, which was untouchable. After that, everything just seemed like, I wouldn't say tarnished necessarily, but almost like, oh, wow, you ruined that unnecessarily. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever. So it actually puts a lot of her earlier work in perspective. So the same things that, they say, oh, wow, she did this, this, this. she figured yeah. out how to do this, this, this. In her golden years are now suddenly things like, like take data mining, for instance, right? Pre-2016, everyone like, oh, wow, they figured out how to, I like the footballer's page. Now I'm seeing football related ads. Genius, win, win, win for everybody involved. Yeah. Now suddenly post-2016, that's become data mining is dangerous. And, yeah. and all that has started becoming things. Similarly, like lobbying. For what it's worth, Sandberg, I believe, or at least Facebook, for what it's worth, I think was the first big tech company even before Google to properly establish 
relationships with agencies yeah the middleman i think so i might be mistaken on this google also has a tremendous like engine right now but i think facebook did it better at a larger scale at least from what i've seen i could be completely i mean, they, I, mean i i mean again this is my this thing also but what i feel is like they there i think they definitely identified the opportunity most profitably yeah yeah right there we like, go like so from their perspective like identifying that okay i need to go to these particular middlemen these are the mm. people that will actually be my drivers yeah. of business yeah yeah and how do i leverage them for the most amount of profitability and build yeah. an entire yeah. entire structure that actually builds relationships on an ongoing yeah. basis with them is i think something that facebook did the most because again if you look at it this way google had a head start on them on all Correct. of this stuff yeah. google could have set up all of these systems well in place and like almost shut facebook out on some levels there but the fact that facebook moved as quickly as it did to set up yeah. these relationships which yeah. i mean from whether it's partnerships with agencies partnerships with facebook uh, creators, partners, partners with creators, creators as well creators as well i think the way they have moved how quickly they have moved and how yeah. profitably they have moved is pretty unprecedented yeah. in the tech world so far yeah i think there is a lot to be i mean while we are reading a lot about sandbox legacy and all that right now because that's all there is unfortunately i would love to actually like see more about okay what did she actually do what was her style like how did she how did the whole agency establishment thing go around go about the closest thing i could find and for anyone who's actually interested is reed hoffman did a great podcast with sandberg a couple of years or actually more than a couple of years back where she talks about how she built the teams and all that but not still doesn't go into this level of detail so that pretty much is like the career of sandberg at definitely the most celebrated coo of big tech like i am struggling to think of an other tech coo who had the same kind of brand like who is tesla ceo for yeah, example exactly right? i know like so if nothing else right after i haven't followed sandberg's career or anything but after having read up a fair bit what a gained a lot of respect for our coos or people in operational yeah. roles like it reminds me of the dilbert comic that i once read i know it's not woke to call dilbert but it's okay where that pointy head boss says something like we want to do this is some random shit he says uh is obviously philosophical and up in the air and then he goes and stands next to dilbert and says the visionary part is done now it's your job so yeah. i feel like coos yeah. are something that way especially in the tech world where you have this guy saying this and then samuel oh, okay now we need to make this no, thing kind I, of work. This... i think the most stressful job in the world i would not take it if i was offered a lot of money and great headphones for life would be the coo of tesla cannot oh. imagine working in a like i'm sure uh, i mean that's what right like this reminds me of uh, yeah this this is this reminds me of when uh, in one of my previous organizations i will not name which one and a uh, very senior person who i will not name and uh, a slightly junior person was working with that senior person and uh, they were working on a certain brief that had come in and uh, when that brief came in uh, the senior person like so this person's walking the junior person's walking in the hallway the senior person spots them and yells out to them hey i hear this brief has come in come see me sometime i have an opinion on it and this guy is walking with me and he turns and he mutters with me that can you give me some slides instead of that <laughs> so instead of your opinion i would prefer some slides there would <laughs> you like so, some slides with that <laughs> yeah so i mean that 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 whole aspect of i mean i personally have been guilty of that i mean as strategists as you may know chuck we 
we have put a lot of stuff on slides which may very well not be possible to execute or will be extremely yeah. <laughs> difficult like we we end up writing a couple of words on the slides which end up becoming someone's four four to five weeks of work yeah so so uh and there is a large amount of appreciation for the people who actually make the rubber mm. meet the road and yeah. uh so yeah that's definitely there but yeah yeah completely agree in that particular thing i was actually going through this uh time article so there's a time article on cheryl sandberg that's really that ends really really strongly and kind of sums up all the points that cheryl sandberg may be giving up the title of coo but she's not going away she retains her seat on the meta board she retains yeah. legal liability most importantly legal liability for a role in meta's worst failures nice right. <laughs> she, I, she retains I, her rights yeah to the and, and sandberg serves as a cautionary tale the harm caused wow. by facebook and her decision not to prevent or mitigate it maybe wow. the aspect of sheryl sandberg legacy that will reverberate the longest wow so it's like a yeah i mean both the cautionary tale as well as look at this load star yeah, what mean, can happen with hard work and all that no i mean i can almost imagine that right now we are there are still eulogies of her legacy that are being written at this point i can almost yeah. imagine a decade later where sheryl sandberg might be one of the biggest villains that are written into Possible. tech history and uh, along with zuckerberg or whoever else yeah, and yeah. Uh, the fact it might be narrated that people at the time used to think of her as a hero but now we know as a hero yeah. yeah the yeah see the other the, the flip side could also happen right like i mean there's a lot being speculated as to what sandberg is going to do right now she says she's going to focus on a philanthropy and all that but i think yeah. that's just a cover till she gets to something else or cred hires her or <laughs> something of that like whatever there is somebody to figure out how to make money uh, uh and it could very well be that she continues with philanthropy or she does something that's really transformative and history will remember her as a hero like there was a point of time when bill gates was considered the evil big tech guy right yeah. at one point of time but right now as i think time magazine only put it or somebody put it is like he's now the big cuddly granddad papa bear of big tech or something exactly, of that sort yeah. sandberg has the resources she has the connections to ashes got the smarts for sure to make uh, something like that happen so that is immediately what sandberg's legacy and what she could be but for me like what happens to meta from here because now it's gone back to frat boys right in some sense like they've replaced with some with somebody i'm not quite sure what you know uh, is operational skills i'm sure is a very like talented coder or whatever it is but what happens to <laughs> meta now i mean it's a huge loss in brand for them somewhere right more than resource it is also and i feel it's quite a pivotal point like the one thing that i see with i mean meta is legitimately at that crossroads moment yeah, right seriously right? there's so, like, so many things right so yeah, many things so many things because again like this entire move away from i mean this entire move away from like trying to pivot into this whole uh, metaverse uh, thing metaverse perspective and and also like the metaverse holds so much promise but it could very well be the google glass of this decade yeah 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 right. i mean more than google glass google glass didn't wreck the business right it could yeah, be it something that business, actually yeah. yeah because over here a lot of resources are actually being taken away from teams that make money and being put into this so it could very well yeah so just... it's it's a big it's a big gamble along with like this whole i mean sheryl sandberg seems like the closing the chapter on the last decade of facebook yeah the good and the bad the good and the bad i think that's a yeah. nice way to sort of sum yeah so, yeah yeah so i mean that's where now it's that crossroads moment and i mean 
the last decade and a half for facebook has been defined by zuckerberg's genius let's see if he still retains that mojo anymore yeah it almost makes and this is the last thing that i wanted to ask like can cxos from especially from big tech even be considered role models anymore because if you look at the lay of the land right now it's extremely slim pickings in terms of uh, all right so i granted i think i think satya and sundar are doing good jobs but they're not forceful personalities i don't think there are like teenage kids who are putting up posters of satya nadella in their or even tim cook for that matter why, he is why you forgot about parag da we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 get to bluebird in some time but like all of these guys seem to be very good coos who happen to move into ceo roles and there's no better example of that than tim cook he's increased shareholder value brilliantly he's not a genius like jobs was but at the same time he's run the company brilliantly but again he's not flamboyant he's not out there again i don't think that there are going to be kids who are necessarily going to be quote unquote inspired by tim cook even though i'm sure he inspires a lot of people inside the company and then all the other examples are just best stayed away from right the less yeah. you talk about elon musk the better the Zuckerberg well uh, I'm not sure quite sure whether anyone would want to call him a role model it just seems to me that big tech ha- now has a dearth of people who could possibly be called icon yeah. I mean icons for sure but role models like I want my kid to be like that I'm not quite sure and I know I'll probably get a bit of pushback for this but no, it just but seems I, to me like the last that. yeah I agree with that because also I mean if I was to take a much more macro view and on this it seems like I mean end stage capitalism has caught up with the the role yeah, models yeah, yeah. the yeah. role model situation there because again at the end of the day i mean we probably saw the last of those grand old role models from the tech and the cxo yeah. space or like capitalists who are massive role models because yeah. again i think the world is pivoting to a different space where it's yeah. like there yeah, is right. that i mean either virtue or at least virtue signaling is extremely important and it needs to pan out over a certain period of time so which is where honestly i see honestly in this particular landscape even including international examples and i know we have of course got an indian bias i see tata to be the most resilient brand in that particular Seriously? perspective yeah. Yeah. yeah like which is someone some people who have kind of like at least to the best extent in a large scale with all these large in the real world compliance perspective managed both profits as well as kind of like their angle of philanthropy as well as like some level of legacy right? and, and a broad legacy is positive yeah and i mean i mean trust perspective like i mean in this day and age where trusting a company is just filled with fallacy hmm. there is yeah. there is they they do still exist there and that's what i feel i mean it's maybe a small ecosystem and it's a limited experiment kind of scenario where the tatas yeah. can be trusted but honestly if you look at it overall i think oh, i know on some level i think big tech has also embraced the fact that yeah you can't trust us but you will need us yeah that or this is term right the professional ceo the person who's not necessarily a showboat or anything like that but yeah. just gets the job done again the three examples i said are pretty much like that right uh, sundar satya and uh, uh, tim cook for that matter the professional ceos and pretty by that much, what yeah. i mean yeah and by that what i mean is if they get a better offer from somewhere else tomorrow they might bounce right i would even count parag in that and for some time i was very happy about the fact that twitter finally had stable leadership for once you know dorsey was all over the place quite literally spending half yeah, his time yeah, yeah. in another country or company so i was happy that okay finally he looks like 
an adult has walked into the room, yeah, right? Yeah, finally, yeah. And of course, we all know where that's going. But that could be another factor where these they don't want to be role models. They just want to hunker down, do the work that they're supposed to do. They know a large part of the compensation is based on how the stock performs, and not they they won't be happy making headlines and stuff like that, which many founders might be happy to. Anyway, there's a lot of speculation that could uh, yeah, yeah, happen, yeah. and that is yeah. I guess that's pretty much it. I, I want to end with like one quote which I saw. I read this on Quartz uh, website that I enjoy a fair bit, um, and which was speculating about whether Sandberg might move into politics. And this oh. is such a damning statement. This is such a damning statement. Do voters want a candidate whose professional claim to fame is running one of the least trusted brands in America? Mm. And that made me like kind of sad because she, I'm pretty sure she did a lot of hard work to get there. But that's, you know, the legacy that has been left behind. It's kind of damning, really. But yeah, that's pretty yeah, much I mean, about it. That's where, I mean, I think I was... Uh... I think it's somewhere in a, it's a very extreme analogy and I'm definitely not comparing Facebook or the running of Facebook to the Nazi machine. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We have to start with that. We have to start with that. But there was a documentary that I was watching where there was actually a Jewish person who was spending a significant amount of time just understanding the operational details of how the Nazi Holocaust machine was working. Sure. Right. From an operational point of view, point even of that view. person was commenting that there's a lot of operational elegance in this. Yeah, elegance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And there's a lot of operational efficiency and elegance in this entire engine. And that's where you actually come down to like, I mean, if you are to evaluate anything in its pure merit, there is a lot of operational yeah. elegance in a lot of stuff. But <laughs> yeah. but is there merit in, in, in appreciating in doing, that operational yeah. elegance there? So that's yeah, the I mean, that's, that's a fair point. So we so we yeah. may appreciate Sandberg for everything that she did, but yeah. then you step back and ask, hey, yeah. was this really again, needed in the first again, place? Again, definitively not comparing Facebook to the Nazis. That, yeah, that's and a, please, please yeah. <laughs> do not quote us out of context. For the last yes, five please. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, this is like I said, a slightly random episode. We just wanted to. I wouldn't even say we paid tribute necessarily to. I think we <laughs> we actually <laughs> took more of a dump on her career more than celebrated or anything. But hopefully, put a little bit of context behind this name that's doing the rounds and a lot of editorials and all that uh, of late. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. But yeah, uh, so if, uh, I mean, the main thing is right now, Facebook is at a serious crossroads. Yeah. So if your risk appetite is good, buy stock. If your risk appetite <laughs> is bad, dump stock. <laughs> so because one way or the other, it's going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to stay flat. It's yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right, yeah. fair enough. Uh, and as Naren would say, stay safe. Stay in a career that was pre-2016. <laughs> Oh man! You know what I mean, very clunky, but stay yeah, operational. Stay, stay operational again, bare minimum scratch, but stay operational, sure, and stay simplified. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next week where we discuss finance.